So I've said it to you two out of the first three sermons of the year. I just want to repeat it. C.S. Lewis says, Once a man follows God, how could he not live forever? Once a man refuses to follow God, what can he do but wither and die? Makes good sense, right? In light of the fact that we are the creative work of God, and that God has, as He says in Ecclesiastes, I put eternity in the heart of humanity. In light of the fact that those two things are true, how could we not live forever in the pursuit of God? Lewis was brilliant, but this is common sense, right? And if you refuse to pursue God, what can you do but wither and die? What can you do if you cut yourself off from your Creator and your Redeemer? So, I'm going to call you to seek the Lord in 2017 like you never have before. That's what we've really been talking about for two of the first three messages of this year. To seek the Lord like you never have before in 2017. I'm talking about really doing it. I'm not just saying I'm going to make a resolution that I'm going to come to church more often. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'd love for you to come to church more often. You should come to church more often. You call yourself a Christian. God commands us to, 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 to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but that's not the point. The point is, will you give your life to Christ? I mean, really give it to Him. Every day when you wake up, it's His. So, a little theology first, and then we're going to just get into the Bible. I want you to hear what God says to humanity about seeking Him. I want you to feel the weight of it. I want you to feel the sweep of it. I want you to feel the scope of it. He just never stops saying it. It's why I read Isaiah 65.1. God says, here I am. I tell you this all the time. God says, here I am. Do you want me? You can have as much of me as you want. That's the question for 2017. How much of God do you want? God knows how much of God you want. He knows how much of the, the day you give to Him and how, how you're pursuing. He knows. You and, and He know. Nobody else really knows. How much of God do you want? I'm going to exhort you to pursue Him like you never have before in your life. And I just want to make this point. A.W. Pink was a great great theologian in the last century. And he talks about the self-sufficiency of God. He said, God in eternity past, He was all alone. It was the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He didn't need anybody. He didn't need to create you. He wasn't lonely. Right? God doesn't create from need. He creates from what? Fullness, as Jonathan Edwards talks about. A fountain bursts forth. This is what God does. He is a fountain of... I love what Josh said. It's perfect for the sermon. He's a fountain of life. He bursts forth in creation. Creation's like an explosion of the genius and the power and the life of God. This is just all theology now. This is all free stuff, right? I'm just giving you this stuff, right? No charge for all of this. Before we get into... The text, but I'm going to read, yes, one of my favorite quotes, yes. You know who said it. 
Um, but I read this quote, and two years later I was in seminary. So, okay, I'm just saying, uh, be warned. All right? John Piper, about God, God, God in creation. In creation, God went public. I love this. In creation, God went public with the glory that reverberates joyfully between the Father and the Son. There is something about the fullness of God's joy that inclines it to overflow. There is an expansive quality to His joy. It wants to share itself. And this is the greatest sentence a man has ever written who wasn't writing Scripture. Right here. Yeah, I was in seminary two years later. All God's creative works are simply the overflow of His infinite exuberance for His own excellence. God's infinite exuberance for His own excellence. We talked about it Wednesday night. Why does God create? Why does this self-sufficient God in need of nothing, why does He create? Why does He do it? Some of you guys that were there Wednesday night. Why does God create? For His glory. What else is He doing? For the glory of God. What else is He doing, Chinelo? Oh, you weren't there. Never mind. My bad. I won't put anybody else on the spot. God creates for His glory. He's revealing His glory to His creatures. But what's He doing in the redeemed's life? In the redeemed, what's He doing with the redeemed? Anybody remember that was there? What's He doing in the life of the redeemed? He's not only revealing glory, what is He doing? He's communicating glory. It's what it means to be born again. It's why you can't, you can't hold Paul down in jail. When he's in jail, he's writing the epistle of joy. You can't hold Paul down. You can't take Paul's joy. Infinite exuberance, right? Infinite exuberance. It resides in the soul of every born-again believer. Infinite exuberance. If you're a Christian, you get it. If you're not a Christian, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Infinite exuberance. It's what God is putting on display. Revelation 22.1, you know, talks about that river of life that's flowing from the throne of God. It's just, an, uh, He's a fountain that bursts forth. Beloved, you were wired. You were designed and wired to delight in God. And I'm going to say to you, you've been around a while, you know this is true. You've heard me say it. If you delight in anything above God, that is the ultimate offense. That is the ultimate offense before God. That you would delight in anything above Him. You were made for this. You were made for God. You weren't made for sex and money and power and family and children and career. You weren't made just for that. God gives these things. You were made for God. Nothing less than God. And the problem with mankind is we don't seem to understand that. And even in much of what is called Christendom, we've lost it. Health, wealth, and prosperity? Are you kidding me? You think I'm interested? I need God. Give me Christ. Give me Christ. 
Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. How can death be gain? Because it's true. I was made for God. I was made for Him. And when I die, I'm just closer. <laughs> I'm just going home. I'm just going home. Now, some of you proper church members are going to be alarmed when I say this. But you were made to lust. Mankind was made to lust. Lust is a perfectly good word. It's just always used in a negative context. It's not that man wasn't made to lust. It's what fallen man lusts for. And I gave you a list a little bit earlier. You were made to lust for God. A holy lust. And I'm just going to ask you, is that real in your life? Or are you just playing religion with God? Listen, if you're just playing religion with God, I want to warn you to stop. He hates it. He hates that. All you got to do is read your Old Testament. He hates that. Don't you dare come near Him with a divided heart. Don't do it. Don't do it. The psalmists were all over this. You say, Jim, I don't like that you say I'm supposed to lust for God. Well, it's a sacred romance. It's what it is. The psalmists are all over this. Psalm 63.1, you heard me read it. He says, I seek you earnestly. I thirst for you. This is... This is a desire for God. Psalm 42.1 As a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for you. Psalm 73.25 Besides you I desire nothing on earth. Psalm 143.6 I stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a parched land. This is a holy lust for God. This is what you were made for. You weren't made for anything less. You weren't made for anything less than a sacred romance with your Creator. It's what the cross is all about. He's bringing you back. He's bringing you back to Himself. You guys know I won't read the whole quote, but you know that famous quote, another quote by C.S. Lewis. Um, he says, man, we're far too easily pleased. He says, you know, we're playing around with sex and ambition and, and temporal pleasure. And, you know, we idolize the family. We idolize children. We idolize our careers. We idolize our bank accounts. We idolize our good works. He says, you're far too easily pleased. You're made for God. Stop it. It's what I want to say to you tonight. Stop it. Stop settling. Don't settle anymore in 2017. Put Christ Jesus first and pursue Him. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Pursue Him and love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'll just ask you this before we move on. Is Lewis right about you? Are you far too easily pleased? Are you chasing some temporal thing? Are you pursuing some temporal thing more than you're pursuing God? More than you are pursuing your Maker? So there's this parallel truth that I want to introduce you to. Some of you are aware of it before we go on. 
What does God seek? What is the one thing the Bible says God seeks? Okay, I'm going to give you all the texts in a few minutes. God's going to call you to seek Him, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, right? I'm talking to the found and the lost tonight. I'm talking to both. If you're here and you don't know Christ, I'm talking to you. If you're here and you know Christ, I'm exhorting you deeper, okay? But what does God seek? Someone tell me. He says it at least three times. I could find three times in the Bible. What does God seek? Anybody know? He's seeking men who would worship Him. What did Jesus say? I have come to seek and what? Save that which was lost. God only seeks the self-sufficient God who needs nothing. This is a breathtaking thing. He's seeking you. It was the first thing. I remember when I was first converted at 28 and I read Genesis 3 and I realized Adam and Eve didn't go looking for God. God came looking for them. God seeks. God seeks. This is a breathtaking thing if you think deeply about it. And God incessantly throughout Scripture calls you to seek Him. Listen, if you don't do anything else right in your whole life, do this. If you mess everything up in your whole life, everything else in your life is a mess, it doesn't matter if you do this. This is what matters. This is what matters. On the last day, this is what matters. This is what matters forever, beloved. This is what matters. So, unbeliever, nominal Christian, lukewarm Christian, I'm calling you to come to Christ. I'm calling you to seek your Maker and your Savior. Christian, born-again Christian, I'm calling you to step it up. I'm calling you to take it up a notch in 2017. To be seeking, consciously, proactively seeking the presence of God in my life. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. How we can promote that God says, seek me. Some of you have already thought about Romans 3. What does Romans 3 say? Then I'll, be, then I'll get into the text about seeking. What does Romans 3 say? Men, what? Do not seek God. You know, men like to talk about seeking God. But we know, biblically, they're not seeking the true God. What does Romans 1 tell us about fallen man? Man is a God-hater. Man is not truly seeking God. Now, he may want to perform religion. It makes him feel better about himself as the Pharisees, right? He, they may want a form of self-righteousness as the Pharisees did, the most religious men who ever walked the planet who murdered the Son of God. So, 
Yeah. It's not about that. It's not about that. God says explicitly in Romans 3, there are none who seek Me. There are none who seek Me. So how do we reconcile this tension? God says, seek Me. And then God says, but I know no man seeks Me. So how do we reconcile the tension? We'll come back to that as we close out. I'm not going to... Listen, you're not going to be able to keep up with me. I'm going to sprint through some text. So just listen. If you want the detail, I'll send you my notes. Or you can go to the podcast site and listen. We'll just begin... Yeah, we're only five books into the Bible. God says this, Deuteronomy 4.29. Listen, don't try to write all... If you want to, write it down. But listen, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my notes if you want them. I just want to sprint through this stuff. I want you to feel the weight of what God is saying to us. Deuteronomy 4.29 You will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search for Him with all your heart and all your soul. You get as much of God as you want. You say, Jim, I don't seem to have a lot of God in my life. It's on you, beloved. It's on you. God says, if you seek Me with all your heart, you will find Me. He is a promise keeper. He keeps Every promise. Not one of His promises fall to the ground. Not one. You say, Jim, I need more of God. It's on you, beloved. Go get Him. You heard me read Isaiah 65.1. Here I am, He says. Here I am. Here I am. So you go. You go get Him. 1 Chronicles 16.10 and 11. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Say, Jim, I don't have any gladness. It's on you. Go get Him. Go get Him. Build your life around His Word and around His church. Be busy doing what He's commanded. Put yourself in God's way. Go get Him. Be glad. Continuing, 1 Chronicles 16, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Right? Always do it. Don't stop. 1 Chronicles 22:19. set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. I always love what David said to Solomon. I've said it to all of my sons um, as they grew up. David said to Solomon, if you seek God, He will let you find Him, but if you forsake God, He will reject you forever. There's there's the promise and there's the warning. And I'm putting it out in front of you tonight. You decide what you want to do with your life. Maybe you'll get 80 years, maybe not. You know, some of you may die tonight. I may die tonight. You may get your 80. What are you going to do with your 80? God says, if you seek Me, you get Me. He says, if you forsake Me, you will be judged. 2 Chronicles 7.14 God says, My people who are called by My name humble themselves and pray and seek My face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. 2 Chronicles 12.14 You may remember, tells us that King Rehoboam of Judah, he did evil because he did not set his heart to seek God. Do you understand this? 
Do you understand what he's saying? <laughs> if you're passive with God, by default, what? That's evil. It's evil if you're passive with God. He did evil because he didn't seek the Lord. Do you get it? Listen, there's a great sermon John Piper just posted uh, from Passion. Um, I may share some of it with you later if I have time, but it's just amazing. What is the ultimate evil? That you would desire anything more than God. You say, Jim, well, my wife comes first. No. Jesus says no. That's not how it works. Actually, if you, if you love me first and you love me best, you'll know how to love your wife. Right? My career comes first. No! God comes first. And if God is first, then you'll actually know how to do what you're supposed to do in your career. You'll make much of Jesus in your career. We can make that argument endlessly. You can't be passive or neutral with God. Neutrality or passivity with God is evil, beloved. It's what the text says. 2 Corinthians 15 uh, Azariah the prophet speaks to King Asa. He says, If you seek the Lord, He will let you find Him. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. In their distress, they turned to the Lord and they sought Him. And He let them find Him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. In their distress, they turned to the Lord. Unbeliever, are you in distress? Of course you're in distress. You don't know who made you and why? You have to be in distress. Nominal Christian, lukewarm Christian, I know you're in distress. I used to be that guy. I was that guy. As I've told you many times, I was raised in the church. Wasn't converted till 28. I was the lukewarm guy. It smells terrible. It has, a, it has an awful stench to it. Believer, are you in distress? Seek your God. And He will be a comfort to you. He will be a comfort to you. A very present help in trouble. Amen? 2 Corinthians, I just got to throw this in just because I love it. 2 Chronicles, I mean, 16.9. <laughs> For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. It's what we saw in Psalm 16 two weeks ago. David says, I've set uh, the Lord continually before me, therefore I will not be shaken. Amen? Listen, if you're shaken, if you're in distress as a Christian, you're not looking at Christ. I'm not saying we don't have hard times. We do have hard times. We cry, we grieve, we mourn like everybody else. We struggle like everybody else, but we get to look at Christ. We get to look at the living God. The God who speaks billions of galaxies into existence, uh, into existence effortlessly. I had a friend one time, this old guy. He's still actually alive. He's older than me, believe it or not. Um, he says, you know, if we ever really understood if we could really wrap our minds, our hearts and our minds fully around what God has said to us, what God has done for us, He said we'd all die shouting. I believe that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
we'd all die shouting. It's so astonishing. It's so beautiful. Listen to Ezra 8.22. The hand of the Lord is favorably disposed to all who seek Him, but His power and His anger against all those who forsake Him. Just a quick run through some of the Psalms. Real quick. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Those who seek God's face shall receive a blessing from the Lord. Those who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Let all you who seek uh, the Lord rejoice and be glad. You who seek God, let your heart revive. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. There it is again. Uh, How blessed are those who seek Him with all of their hearts. Are you hearing me? What are you going to do with 2017? Is it going to be business as usual? Are you going to you're going to seek God? Listen, turn if you would, uh, maybe real quick to Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one. I'm just going to pick up here. You guys know if you know the Proverbs, you know God is God is wisdom is personified. God is personified as wisdom. Wisdom is personified as God. So in one sense, they're they're, they're almost synonymous here, particularly in this passage. Listen to Proverbs 1. I'm just going to pick up in verse 22. Listen to what God says here. How long, O naive ones, will you love simplicity? Basically, God says, how long are you going to play with all that stupid stuff that's passing away? How long are you going to do it? How much of your life are you going to give to that? Listen, I'm here. Isaiah 65.1, I'm here. Do you want me? I'm here. How long are you going to be playing with stupid, worldly things? I'm here. Worldly things that can't satisfy your soul. It's what hell, it's part of what hell will be. A thirsty soul that can never be quenched. Continuing, verse 22. Scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, verse 23, Behold, I will pour out My Spirit on you. I will make My words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out My hand and no one paid attention. This is what God does. Come to Me, I'm here. Verse 25, And you neglected all My counsel. You did not want My reproof. You wouldn't hear Me. You know, I tell you this all the time. There's not going to be one man who who will be standing before God on the last day who has any valid excuse. There will not be one. Verse 26, I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when, you, when your dread comes, when your, your dread comes like a storm, when your calamity comes on like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come on you. Verse 28, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me because they hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of God. Verse 30, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all of my reproof. So they, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive shall kill them. Listen, I'm trying, some of you here, I'm trying to make sure that you make it through 2017. That you're not a victim of your own folly. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while He may be found. 
Beloved, this is the most loving thing I can say to you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Let me finish up here. Verse 33, But he who listens to Me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of the devil. How can you not think of Colossians 6-7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Proverbs 11-27, He who diligently seeks good, God, put God there, seeks favor, but he who searches after evil, it will come to you. Listen, if you're out here playing with the world, it'll come to you. What goes around comes around. That's not biblical, but it's true. <laughs> Whatever you sow, you will reap. You don't get to cheat that. It's a, it's a spiritual law just like gravity is a physical law. Whatever I drop, it's going to fall to the ground. Whatever you sow, you'll get it back. It will come back to you. It's what God says. It's just the truth. I don't know what you're sowing. I'm exhorting you to pursue God and sow the truth in the world and sow good works and deeds that many might come to Christ. So, let me stop and ask. Unbeliever and or nominal lukewarm Christian, is your life all about you? You've got a huge problem. I say this lovingly. If your life is all about, if it's really all about you when you get up in the morning, it's just all about you. You got a huge problem with your Maker. One, you're destined to total and complete unhappiness. You are destined for it. As long as it's all about you, you'll never find it. You think, oh, it's just over the next horizon. Oh, if I could only have that. Oh, if I could only get that person. Oh, if I could only marry him. Oh, oh, if I could only, if I could only, if I could only. I was sharing with uh, Giuseppe earlier. Karen and I have some stuff going on. And the Lord's been talking to me about it, man. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at the junk. Look at me. It's a good lesson, beloved. It is a... Good lesson. Isaiah 31.1 God says, Woe to those who trust in their own strength in the ways of the world and do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. God says, Woe to you! Judgment is coming to you. Sorrow of The sorrow of multiplied sin is coming to you. It is coming to you! Jim, I don't like it when you preach like that. I want to go to a church that is it's always happy church. We just want to have happy church. Hey, I love happy church. Do you know what? God means for us not to waste one more day playing with the world. That's what God means. Listen, I'm always preaching to myself. I tell you this all the time. He's, he's preaching to me tonight. And I'm preaching to you. You think, you think you can waste a day? Who's promised you many days? Who's promised you many days? I can, waste, I can waste another week playing with the world. Oh, really? You can? Who's promised you next week? Who has promised you next week? Beloved, you have no guarantee. 
nor do I. I want to say this to you. <laughs> Some of you might disagree. What a blessing that God brought you here tonight. You get to hear God speak to you from the Bible. All I am is a mouthpiece. I'm nothing. I'm, I'm dust in the wind. I am nothing. God is speaking to you from the Scripture. And God is challenging you to give 2017 to Him. Give it to Him. You call me at the end of the year. I promise you it will be the best year of your life. In the deepest sense. I don't preach health, wealth, and prosperity. It's a blasphemous and ugly and nasty and terrible thing. It's a, satan a satanic deception. I don't preach it. God's better. <laughs> okay? God's better than health, wealth, and prosperity. So, you, you know Jeremiah 29, one of my favorite verses, uh, 11 through 14. Again, it, it echoes Deuteronomy 4. You will call upon me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. This is a promise to God's people. But I think it's a valid promise to anyone. Even to the lost. You want God? Seek Him. It's how I evangelize. I don't tell people pray a magic prayer because the Bible doesn't say pray a magic prayer. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. And He will be found. And listen, God is conspicuous, right? Do you know the word conspicuous? You cannot not find God. All you can do is hate God. There's no in-between. You find Him, He's conspicuous. He says, I'm, I'm conspicuous in the created order. I'm conspicuous in your heart. You know I'm there. Romans chapter 1. You know it. I'm cons you cannot not find the living God. You can hate Him, and you can be indifferent to Him, and you can ignore Him. But it's not because you can't find Him. <laughs> He's conspicuous, beloved. He tells us in His Word that He is conspicuous. It's not that men can't find Him. It's that men don't want Him. And there's many in the modern church that presume on God. You know, listen, I've got, I, I heard somewhere the preacher said, well, i got grace, you know, so I'm forgiven, so I'll just sin with impunity. Listen, listen if, you're, if that's your mindset, you know nothing about the biblical God. You know nothing about the Gospel. You know nothing about Jesus Christ. If that's your mindset, well, I have grace, I can sin with impunity. It doesn't work that way, beloved. Oh, Hosea 5.6, God says, They will seek Me, but not find Me, for I have withdrawn from them. <laughs> you can't play God. You can't play God. You don't get to play God. You come today. What does it say three times in, in Hebrews? Today, if you hear the voice of God, repent and believe. So, unbeliever, repent and believe right now. Stop playing games. Lukewarm Christian, repent and believe right now. 
Stop playing games with God. Listen, I'm trying to love you the best way I can love you. And it's not to play happy church every time we come in here. I want your life to change. You know why? Because I want my life to change. I want to go deeper with Christ. I will say this. I I have understood this. I'm 61 years old. I've come to understand this. Nothing satisfies me like Jesus. Nothing satisfies me like Jesus Christ. And here's the whole sermon. Amos 5.4 Seek Me that you may live. Isaiah 55.6 Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him where? Pardon me. While He is near. Lost friend, I'm calling you out of death and into life. Christian, I'm calling you into a deeper and more abundant walk with God. What does Jesus say? Seek ye first career success. No. Seek ye first a happy family. No. Seek ye first a a bunch of money. No, what was it? Wait a minute. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. I lovingly challenge you. Let 2017 be about that for you. And when you get to the end of the year, you say, man, look what God has done. Look how He's revealed Himself to me. He is a promise keeper, beloved. He is a promise keeper. My favorite verse in the Bible, I guess. There's so many, but this is pretty close. I always hit you with it. Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of who? Who? A rewarder of who? Those who? Seek Him. Man, I'm trying to hand off a, I'm trying to hand off a present to you. Right? For 2017. I'm trying to hand off the best gift I can give to you. Seek the Lord. He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. Okay, quickly, how do we flesh this out? How do we flesh out this command of God to seek Him? First, repent of all known sin. Stop playing with it. Stop letting your sin be above God. Stop listening to the media. Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to your unbelieving friends. Put God first. You say, Jim, well, I, I can have a lot of good sex down at the university, man, if I can just put God on the back burner. Are you kidding me? I will say this. Or if I could just get married. Or if I could just have a kid. Or if my career would just take off. If I could just... You know, are you kidding me? You're made for God. Stop it. I was listening to Piper preach. He said, man, Satan's laughing at you. You were made for God, and God says, here I am. Beloved, this is the best news, the best possible news you could ever receive. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Repent of all known sin. Secondly, you'll find God in His Word. You know, if you hang around here very long, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is what we do. Thirdly, you'll seek God and find Him as you pray and fast. And my definition of prayer is I'm sitting in my Father's lap and I'm talking and I'm listening. That's prayer to me. I'm talking and I'm listening. 
you will seek God and find Him as you worship God in the church. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Seek the things above. Set your mind on the things above. Number five, you will seek God and find Him as you love and serve the brethren here. Well, I'm a Lone Ranger Christian, Jim. I, I don't really need, need to be part of the body. Well, Satan's laughing at you too. You're a joke to him. If you're not in the church, and I'm talking about a Bible-preaching, Christ-exalting church, if you're not in that church, and you could be, you've got serious problems, beloved. You've got serious problems. Come talk to me. We'll talk. Number six, you will seek God and find Him as you are generous with those outside the church and inside the church. You learn how to be open-handed and open-hearted with what God has given you. You'll seek God and find Him as you share the Gospel with the lost. You remember what Jesus said in the, in the, uh, the Great Commission? He says, I'm with you in it. I'll be with you in it. So it all comes back to, to John 14, 21. My, I guess my other favorite verse, most favorite verse in the Bible. Um, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll reveal myself to you. It really comes down to obedience. I, I tell people this all the time. This is a discipline that's often not talked about. I want more of God, Jim. Obey Him radically. He'll show up. Lukewarm Christians don't get Disclosure from God. Disciples get disclosure. Disciples get disclosure. So I have one loose end to tie up here. If memory serves, I think that I uh, left the question open, how do we reconcile this tension between God calling us to seek Him and God saying, men don't seek Me? So how do we deal with that? This is what you find out as a believer. Some of you young, young believers may not have found this out yet, but this is what you'll find out. You thought you were finding God. You thought you were seeking and finding God. You thought you were. I thought I was. I thought I found God. I thought I was smarter than other people. I thought I figured it out. But you know what I found out after studying my Bible for a few years? I found out He was seeking me all the time. I found out that John 6 is true. He'd been drawing me all the time. Listen, if you found Christ, if you found Christ, <laughs> He found you. That's how it works. He found you. He found you. This God who needs nothing, He's come for you. He's in the womb of a peasant virgin girl in Judah 2,000 years ago because He's seeking you. Infinite, eternal, almighty, God is in the womb of a peasant girl. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this doesn't move you? And He's in that womb because He's going to die for you. It doesn't move you. It doesn't change every day for the rest of your life. Beloved, how can it not? So, 
I'm done. As C.S. Lewis says, have you settled for lesser things? Uh, my challenge to you is, in all love and compassion, don't settle anymore. Let 2017 be all about Jesus Christ. O oh God, You are my God. I shall seek You earnestly. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh yearns for You. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for You, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Beside You, I desire nothing on the earth. I stretch out my hands to You. My soul longs for You as a parched land. Is that You? Is that who You are? I lovingly say to You, don't walk out of this room and not let that be who You are. Life's too short, beloved. That needs to be who you are. It needs to be who I am. Isaiah 65, 1. <laughs> and I'm done. God says, I permitted Myself to be sought by those who did not ask for Me. I permitted Myself to be found by those who did not seek Me. I said, here I am. Here I am. I tell you all the time. You get to choose. You choose. God says, you want me? You choose. You want the world? It's your choice. What do you want? What are you going to do with your 80 plus years if you get them? What are you going to do with them? Are they going to be about Jesus or are they going to be about you? They can't be about both. <laughs> you can't straddle the fence here. It's either about you or it's about Him. So, I love you. It's why I preach like this. Listen, if I was just trying to pick up a check, I wouldn't, waste, I wouldn't work up a sweat, okay? If I was just trying to pick up a check. I'm... I want you to find your created purpose and I want you to love it. And if you find it, you will. You will love it. Let's pray together. Lord, what an amazing invitation. <laughs> you tell us that here You are. You tell us that we can have as much of You as we want. Forgive us, Father, that we have been dull and distracted and lukewarm and apathetic and lethargic. Forgive us, Father, that we are so self-consumed that we can barely stop looking at our reflection in the mirror long enough to turn and look at the glory of Christ in the Scriptures. Forgive us, Father, that we make this life mostly about us when we've really come to understand that true joy and happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment is only in You. Help us, Father, to put down this heinous sin of self-love and adulation. May we begin to love You supremely. May 2017 be a sea change for us. May we begin to consciously and proactively seek You like we never have before. What an amazing thing! The God of heaven and earth says, Here I am.
Here I am. Thank you, Father, for this invitation. We love you.